0: The Supreme Report, with attorney Tom Winslow, on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Brought to you by Winslow Law. Talk 94.5. And here he is joining us right now. It's Tom. Winslow,
1: Whether well, you like it or not? Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> with the Supreme Report, so we heard over the weekend that Sandra Day O'Connor passed away. Of course, she was um, a Supreme Court justice, and you have a lots a lots of information uh, on her.
1: Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah, so you know, Sandra Day O'Connor was the first female appointed by Ronald Reagan to the Supreme Court. That's so, amazing. You know, kind of one of those big—I don't want to say big topics, but one of those big noteworthy events. To occur in as, as a
0: little girl in the 80s, that was a big deal. I
1: kind of opened that yeah. door. You know, back yeah. when she was actually appointed, there were only about 8% of attorneys were females. Wow. Right? And about 3% were judges. Right? So um, she really opened that door for females to become yeah. judges, become mm-hmm. uh, you know, attorneys, to actually take that step forward. Uh, and, and, you know, as a female yourself, of course, that just that knowledge to know that you can do it, right? Just that that opens that door to know you can do it. Seeing it happen. And so she was 93. She had um, Alzheimer's, dementia, and unfortunately she passed away. Um, But uh, she was noteworthy. She was appointed by Ronald Reagan, and she was largely held to be on a conservative nature, but also a very big swing vote. So she would almost come in at the end, judge whatever he was doing, and make that final decision. So she was an important justice back in in the day. Back in the day. And
0: I also was reading about her that she would often have – the justices over her house she'd cook for them she'd always want people to talk and because we always heard about uh antonin Scalia and um Ruth Bader Ginsburg
1: yep. that's friends right. absolutely right
0: and talk it out and and stuff and i and I think that's so important
1: well that's you know, honestly that's in the legal missing. field that is the that is the core of the legal field is to have that civility between the parties you know and everybody wants their attorneys to argue and yell with each other that's a part of the advocacy, but the only way you get things sorted out. Is by talking, right? The only way you find a solution is by working through the issues. And if you're so abstinent where you're not willing to talk to each other, you're not willing to work with each other, you're never going to have that civility to get things worked out and find that solution. Mm -hmm. Which at the heart of the legal – honestly, at the heart of the legal system is to find a solution that provides justice for all parties. Mm. That's what she was good at. Absolutely.
0: Speaking of which, you have a lot of court cases, uh, Supreme Court, State Supreme. Yeah, I got some, but let's let's jump to this
1: one. This one should be interesting. There's a, a, an attorney named Corey Fleming, who just got disbarred by the South Carolina Supreme Court. Now I don't know if you know his name or not, but he was Alex Murdaugh's longtime associate.
0: Mm-hmm. So there you go, longtime Uh-oh. associate. Yeah.
1: Um, and just got disbarred. He's been sentenced to.
0: Now he was in on.
1: Yeah he some he, of he was in on the theft of some of the Well, uh, should I say allegedly? He was allegedly in on. The theft of the monies with a housekeeper, right? Where they she fell on the stairs and they took all her money. He was mm-hmm. in on that theft of that money, that Murdaugh has now been convicted of, and he has been too.
0: So he has done
1: it. And I think he's got 13 years. He was sentenced to 13 years, 10 months in prison uh, regarding his affiliation with that activity. Mm. So he's lost all his uh, his right to be an attorney. So when he comes out, what's he gonna do? Well, hopefully, not be a lawyer because he didn't do a very good job the first time.
0: How many years?
1: Thir- let's see, 13, 13 years, 10 months, I think it said. Yeah, 13, 13 years. 13 years, 10 months. Yeah.
0: That's a long time.
1: That's a long time, right? And, they, and he just stole the money, but, you know, in the, the day, it's a fraudulent intent, money laundering, computer crimes, criminal conspiracy. You know, it's amazing the, the web that Murdoch is creating of all the people involved in the situations, yeah. all the different entities, and all the different facts that are coming out that really, really highlights. How deep this was in that community. I mean, and covered how up, powerful he was. Yeah, covered up that entire area. I mean, no wonder people were scared of the guy. I mean, he had fingers everywhere. And I mean, and then he was brought it on himself.
0: As being an attorney, have you heard of him?
1: You know, I mean, everybody, everybody knows the firm because down in that area, that's the firm that you would go to because mm-hmm. they had that control down there. Now, I hate to say it, but now you know why they had that control because it was almost out of fear, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, people were just afraid to say anything bad against them. That's why they kept, I don't say kept winning, but. My goodness gracious. Yeah. But so now, you know, but now you, know, you got Murdoch going down. Now you got Corey Fleming going down. You got all these other people going down, too.
0: Mm. All it's right. crazy.
1: So he was out. That's South Carolina Supreme Court. Let's see here. Let's go to the. Oh, I like this case. Your
0: stack is very small today.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I have more. I have more. I have more in the car. <laughs>
0: But well, we the, usually get to four or five. Here. Saying, but these are the ones. These are the ones that
1: were like the most relevant. I'm like to, shocked. Today. Usually,
0: you have a you know a, a wagon you pull in McDonald's. He is stack an attorney. Yeah, with boxes and everything to do
1: with it. I know. She's, like, She's like Where's the rest of his cases? I know. <laughs> um, and so I really like this one because I we talk about this a lot. Right now in South Carolina is judge making the season. Right, so mm-hmm. they're going through and they're determining who uh, should be qualified, who should be nominated who's going to be appointed, right, and then they go through it. And so we've talked about this for In South Carolina, it's not a system that's voted on by the voters, right? Yeah. It's a system that's determined by the legislators. Now, here's the interesting thing that just, you know, I'm learning more and more about it, which makes it weird. Uh, but in order to be voted on, you have to be determined qualified by the Judicial Merit Screening Committee. And they have they're the ones that have all the power. If they don't want you to be there and they don't want you qualified, you won't even go up for nomination.
0: Wow!
1: Right? Who and,
0: elects those people?
1: And so those people are appointed by the legislators. Okay. Now here's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Are they just regular people?
1: There's regular people, some legislators, some voters, some residents. But you know, recently there was a judge named Judge Price down in Charleston, who they said was not qualified, even though he's a current sitting judge. Right? <laughs> he's not qualified. Yeah. Uh, to be a judge because, and this was the rationale behind it because his t- sentences for criminal convictions were too lenient. And so they said he's not qualified. Now I'm going to keep going. There was a judge, that was a city judge that ran for a state judgeship. He said, they said he was not qualified. And then they said another circuit court judge in Florence was not qualified because of his temperament. Now hmm. I, I say that for this reason because are they not qualified? or they simply you don't like what they do and they should not be nominated or they should not be appointed right to me qualified means something completely different qualified just means that you're mentally competent maybe you went to law school right like you had the legal stats like you you had the you have the prerequisites right you had mm-hmm. the ability to do the job and then you let someone else decide whether or not they actually should get the job so you're deciding who's qualified based on what you like and don't like, not it based be on qualifications.
0: Non, you know, you shouldn't have an opinion for
1: that. Wait, but, but why do you mean that?
0: Like, it should, be a fact there should
1: be there should be five standards, right? You are mentally competent. Yeah. <laughs> right? You went to law school. You hold a bar license, and mm. you're between certain ages, ages between eighteen yeah. and seventy, right? That's qualifications. It's not whether or not I like you, right? And yeah. so, so to say that, and, and now, and I said this this the one judge. Down in Charleston. I you know, I don't like the fact that he's sentencing people too lightly, but that doesn't change his qualification. Mm-hmm. He's still qualified to be a judge.
0: His the way he is 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 really up
1: to right. the and people that's, who are that's selecting up to, him. That's up to the selection committee, yeah. right? That's not up to the right. qualification no. committee. Right. <laughs> so the qualification no. committee basically <laughs> You're disqualifying asked him,
0: qualified people. Basically, basically asked him
1: before he could even be nominated to be for him to be judged whether or not he fit that role. Yeah. Right. And so, so
0: what's gonna happen because
1: of that? And so so the state prosecutors, the attorney general, even the Supreme Court, according to this article, are really looking into how judges are vetted and qualified and elected. And mm-hmm. They're wanting they're wanting to make changes based upon how it's going about. And it's been going about this way for years, right? This isn't mm-hmm. a new thing. Right. But they're going about trying to look at how they can make you know reformations, how they can modify this system. To make it more fair, right? You've got a 72, 72 year age limit on people, and it talks a lot about how people are getting more harshly uh, viewing the judges and how they're selected. Because for a long time, you know, I, as an attorney, I said, "Well, you know, there's really—do I want the, the the representatives to pick all the judges? Well, it seems very political. Do I want the voters to pick all the judges? Well, it seems to be popularity, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what's the best way to go about doing it?" But when you look at it, is it really what we want to have five, six, seven, eight people deciding who's qualified, right? And so it might be more along the Judicial Qualification Committee to say, do, that, do these people who are not, again, not elected, but appointed to a committee, give them the power to determine who our judges are, which correlates a little bit with a, a Supreme that's Court That's a
0: case. very – that's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. To give a little group and you don't that's even not know, elected. And, and
1: you don't even know who they are, right? They're anonymous. Well, I mean, you can figure out who they are, but no, oh, okay. no, one, no one knows who they are. Yeah. Like, people don't even know there's a qualification committee.
0: No, I never heard of it.
1: Right? So, so to me...
0: We've been talking a lot about judicial reform here. There
1: needs to be. And lawyer legislators. There really does now. But
0: I never knew about this problem.
1: I mean, if you think about it, set the qualifications, let people run for it. Put them up if they they meet the qualifications. Nominate them, and then let the legislatures appoint who they need to appoint. Doesn't mm-hmm. need to be this. Do they
0: have a hearing at all where they talk to the judge and question the judge?
1: Do they have a hearing? Not really. They have um, uh, they have handshakes where they go around oh. and advocate for themselves, and they go around okay. and you know lobby a little bit here or there for mm-hmm. them to be voted on. I
0: mean, I would like it to be like a Supreme Court hearing, you know.
1: Well see you judge know in, the, 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 the the Supreme Court hearing like that is because the president looks to appoint someone right mm-hmm. and this one you have like you literally would have five six seven judges running for one seat mm-hmm. and they just go through and vote for who they want the yeah. best and so it's it's interesting but you know to me open the floor up open it up to 100 people mm-hmm. and let let the legislature vote for who they believe to be the best yeah. people so it's interesting because I, I bring that up a little bit because you put a lot of power with people that really have no due process to kind of do whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. put forward who they want to put forward. And the term qualification clearly has a different definition for these people than for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, the U.S. Supreme Court is having a little bit of that same concept going on right now in regard to the Securities and Exchange Commission. So they just had a case come before them. That's really interesting. It can really shake things up. So the Securities and Exchange Commission, obviously, is is the group that handles different kinds of well securities, and, you know, bonds, stocks, stuff of that nature and how those get regulated. So there was an individual named George Jersky who was fined $300,000 in order to pay back $700,000 by the SEC. And he appealed that and he challenged them. And he basically said, look, there's no due process. You're fining me a million dollars, basically. Uh, I, I have a right to a jury trial. I have a right to have my case heard. You mm-hmm. can't just fine me, shut me down, and take my money. Yeah. And so he took that all the way up to the Supreme Court. And, and if you think about it, to a point, he's right, you know the SEC is appointed by the executive branch, right? They're appointed there and have those appointment powers, but they're part of the executive branch. They're not a part of the legislative branch. they're not a part of the judicial branch. There's no due process. It's just a finding agency. But if you think about it, there's other agencies that do that, such as the IRS, right? And so the Supreme Court looks, is looking at this case saying, "You know what? You're, you might be right. You, does he have the right to do process, right? That's the question. Is there a right to do process through this situation? It's not like it's not damaging. They shut him down and took a million dollars or fined him a million dollars. So it's not like it's a small amount. So they're doing this, but there's all, all kinds. The EPA does this, hmm. right? The IRS does this. All these agencies do this. So if the Supreme Court comes out and says, you know what, you're right. These agencies aren't given the authority to fine, imprison, et cetera, et cetera, they say about the SEC, it easily could extrapolate across the entire board,
0: hmm.
1: stripping the IRS of those powers, right? stripping the EPA of those powers, all of those agencies, Yeah, which makes a huge difference. And it all comes down to that due process concept because when you look at the constitutional documents, it doesn't limit your due process. It doesn't allow the government to circumvent that due process by simply giving that power to an appointed agency instead of through the court system. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge case. And it's one that's going to come out probably a little bit later. Now, I wouldn't be surprised to see an IRS case that comes along with us too.
0: Okay. Because what I'm
1: seeing, you know, in the past, you've seen almost like a theme that occurs with the Supreme mm-hmm. Court.
0: Okay.
1: Right. You saw the theme of, you know, like almost abortion, right? Yeah. Then gun rights, and then, and then you're looking, you know, state. You know, the abortion case was a states' rights case. Now you're looking at due process, right? And that's what you're kind of seeing this quarter, this quarter, this year of the Supreme Court of what truly are the powers associated in the separation of powers. Does the executive branch, which is the SEC, have the power to come in and fine you and come in and basically strip you of your abilities without due process? Mm -hmm. And so this is a very interesting case that's going to come around. It could be massive, a massively big case in terms of what will the court allow and not allow. Mm
0: -hmm. Such a
1: big situation.
0: And when do you think that we'll get that?
1: You know, this is such a big case, and this is what the Supreme Court's been doing. I've been taking these big cases and hearing them, like just like right now, hearing them mm-hmm. in the fall of a year yeah. and then coming out you know, in April, May of next okay. year, right? Yeah. Right towards the end of their term. Because mm-hmm. it makes such a big difference. They want all the chaos coming out while they're not in session. Okay. So by the time they get back into session, it's all calmed down. Okay. So this is such a big case. I could see this not coming out until April or May of next year. All right.
0: Wow. Be interesting.
1: <laughs> really interesting.
0: Well, Tom, we're mm. just about out of time. Is there um, one last thing you want to screen? Sure. In? Okay. One last Real thing quick. we want to screen.
1: See, make fun of my stack, and it's the perfect size. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not the size that counts, it's how you use it.
0: <laughs> That's
1: <right>. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, so they're going back to the Supreme Court. Keep on. The South Carolina had a case right before the Supreme Court in regard to their redistricting. It's coming back around again. The Supreme Court has been talking about how. It's, it's a big issue, and it came up in another case in regard to uh, redistricting and how you're going to be using it in the clear Air standard. And what they're basically saying, they're trying to argue that the court needs to just rubber stamp things. And Samuel Alito said, no, when we have the clear Air standard, it doesn't mean we simply rubber stamp findings by the district court. We still have to assess and judge them specifically in regard to redistricting such as the South Carolina case. And so they're putting a lot of attention on the South Carolina case with the redistricting down in Charleston, mm-hmm. which, again, is such a huge narrative because it sets up a standard. Do you
0: think that's why they got elected a Republican mayor?
1: Most likely. Well, you look at Charleston and Columbia, both elected wow. Republican mayors for the first time in a long time. And so
0: maybe they have a point.
1: <laughs> and so The Supreme Court
0: <laughs> oh is gosh. not
1: afraid to tackle big issues past terms or this term. Right. They got this big issue coming up. With the redistricting, they got a big issue coming up with enforcement powers. And so there's a lot to be looking, you know, as an attorney, looking forward to and seeing mm-hmm. what's going to come out next year. Yeah. Again, April, May, maybe even June, when those rulings come out. It's going to be interesting and a lot to talk about then. All Not right. as much to talk about now.
0: All right. Well, Tom Winslow, thank you so much. Um, how can people reach you?
1: Y'all, feel free to reach out to us at Winslow Law, 843-357-9301, WinslowLawyers.com.
0: All right. Thanks, Tom. Thank we'll you, talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank
1: Thank you, y'all.